This is not just another episode because it's been one year, 12 months that we have been doing full transparency. My girl, Miss Milano D. Rouge. <laughs> you have been recognized by Inc. 5000. You are one of the award recipients for what they've recognized as one of the fastest growing businesses in the U.S. What are you doing to be so successful? It feels like you just blew up out of nowhere. Mm -mm, 11 years. I used to sell my shirts out of my trunk. I would drive around Philly delivering shirts out the trunk of my car. And I would do that like every day of the week. Can I set you up on a blind date? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea I was about to be in a hot seat for dating. So no, dating that's questions. It. That's it. That's it. We can leave it there. Yes. I gotta go to bed from real quick. Okay. Let's go cool? pause. <laughs> Y'all can pause it. Is it live? <laughs> can we pause it, Reese? We've never had that before. Okay, go ahead. Leave it to Milan to need all this uh breaks and stuff. I want to get back to talking about discipline. Wait, no, don't say leave it to Milan because they're not about to think I'm a diva, okay? I had to go pig. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Full Transparency with Donnie Wiggins. And this is not just another episode, y'all. It's been one year. Somebody type one in the comments wherever you're watching this right now because it's been one year, 12 months that we have been doing full transparency. And can y'all believe, do y'all remember when I did not want to do my own solo podcast? I only wanted to do social proof podcast. It has been one year today. If you're watching this, the day this dropped, it's been one year today. And as you can see, honey, I am super, super excited. And I had to save a very special guest for the commemoration of my one year full transparency podcast episode. But before I introduce her, I need y'all to celebrate me in the comments real quick. I'm awake. I'm awake. I need y'all to celebrate me in the comments real quick because one year of commitment to anything is not easy, especially one year commitment, putting myself up for public display public judgment, public everything. You know how y'all be doing in the comments sometimes. I am so excited to be here. And if you are an entrepreneur who has been along this journey with me for the last 12 months, 12 days, 12 hours, I thank you so much for being a part of the Full Transparency Podcast community. So without further ado, I want to bring somebody to you guys that I am super excited. When I was thinking about my one-year anniversary I was thinking about what guest I wanted to sit on this sofa with me, and I couldn't think of anybody more appropriate than my girl, Miss Milano D. Rouge. <laughs> Milan Harris is here with me, you guys, and I am so excited. I think they've been waiting for this one. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. Thank you. Thank and you. I'm so thank excited you. to be here. I am excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. See, I'm a little low-key nervous, though. What are you nervous about? Because it's I'm you. just push this up. What do you mean? Because it's you. Because it's me? Because what is you going to ask me? <laughs> I'm about to ask you everything. <laughs> so typically, before I do a podcast, I get the questions sent over ahead of time. <laughs> and this girl. No, listen. And she's telling the truth because she literally says, so we don't have any questions. We just going to wing this, like have a conversation. And I'm like, yep. Let me see if my media training Because <laughs> if you ask me some. Off the wall, I'm going to be like, so, um, 
yeah, we, we're starting this, you know? I'm going to change the subject. Mm-hmm. But, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm excited, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do it, but, but, <laughs> but this is full transparency. Yes. Okay? And, and, but this is full transparency, and one thing Milano is good at is being transparent without being naked. Mm. So that's the one Tell thing. me what that means to you. It just means, like, giving what I want to give and not all of me. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is, some parts of me is reserved. Mm-hmm. I'm a reserved person. Mm-hmm. So I like to give enough really to inspire people, yeah. but I don't have to give you everything, you know? Yeah. You do a really good job at making the world, your part of the world, feel like they know you. Like everybody, when when you post something on Instagram, we post a lot of stuff together, and people will be like, oh, my God, Milan is always so happy. She's always smiling. She's always laughing. She's always this. You do a really, really great job. And I can say that that is you on camera and off camera. What has you so happy right now? Child, my man. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's her man, her man, her man. It's like. In manifestation. <laughs> yes, I'm claiming it. But I'm just happy. Like, I've always been a happy person. You mm-hmm. know? Like, even when things weren't so great i just always had this happy energy i always had a really big smile and now i got the grin lines that's just stuck they stuck they just permanently just imprinted in my face from smiling all the time but yeah i'm just happy off life like god is so good mm-hmm. he's been blessing me and yeah I, i'm 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 happy god has been super blessing you like um people think that we've known each other for so long but we've only known each other for one year. You guys, a little bit more than one year. Um, we've known each other longer than we've had the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> I think probably 14 months. Yeah, 15 it's been months. 14. Yeah. November. Uh-huh. December, January, four, 15 months. It's been 15 months that we've known each other, but it does feel like forever. Right. And you are who you are. In this industry or in the industry of like entrepreneurs, especially black women, entrepreneurs it can go either way with making new friends right Mm -hmm. um and i know that you are often really reserved but welcoming i'm reserved but welcoming what is the formula for you to like what you look for in new girlfriends um the formula for me is i don't look for new girlfriends Mm. i'm friendly i know how to be friendly without being friends Mm -hmm. because like I'm just at a space in my life where like I just want to be kind to people and just be friendly to anybody but when it comes to the friendship word I'm really big on it because I know that I'm a good person and I know the value I bring Mm -hmm. and I just don't allow too many people in my space you know Mm -hmm. I always say like my presence is the present Mm. and and but I do give it to you if if I do meet you and I'm around you I'm going to give you all of the Jews and everything that I have, you know, at that time. But when it comes to, like, the friendship word, that that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. So I just can't. And I've been let down so many times mm. that at this big age, it's like, it got to be something like an organic connection that at I feel. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny that you said that because um, my business partner and brother David and I were starting, we're in the process of Did starting. Did you call him brother David? Brother, he's my brother. Oh, okay. no, <laughs> like, like, you made not, it sound like a <laughs> brother, yeah, yeah, brother, brother David. David. <laughs> um, we are in the process of starting a new business partnership mm-hmm. um, involving another friend of ours. And we had to have like this real heart to heart conversation. Um, he's like, listen, you and I have been working together for the last so many years. 
I want to make sure that we're good in this trio space because it's two women, one man, you know, that can get real tricky. And he said exactly what you said. He said, because at this big age, I cannot be risking losing friends over stuff that we could have just done without. Right. Yeah. That, that's so important. Yeah, that is super important. So Milano De Rouge. Yes. You have what I believe. Um, I don't even want to say the next because you're now. Like that. Like you're already now. You have been recognized by Inc. 5000. Um, and you are one of the award recipients of, is it Inc. 500 or Inc. 5000? 5,000. Eating 5,000. You are one of the award recipients for what they've recognized as one of the fastest growing businesses in the U.S. Congratulations to that. Thank you so much. What are you doing to be so successful? It feels like you just blew up out of nowhere. Mm -mm, 11 years. I have an amazing team. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely teamwork. And I love what I do. I feel like that's, like, the secret to everything. Like, I truly love what I do, and I work really hard. Mm. Like, I'm always working. Always. I'm always working. And I think a lot of people, I feel like that's the misconception of, like, entrepreneurship and just the beauty and the glamour of what people see. But I like to work, and I'm, I work my butt off because I know, like, if I don't work, my team don't eat. Mm -hmm. So... I love what I do, though, so it doesn't really feel like work, but I'm always working. Even on vacation, I got my laptop there. Like, I just, yeah, I work hard. How did it start, though? Like, day one, take me back to 11 years ago when you said, first of all, where did the idea to launch your own clothing line even come from? Okay, so day one, child, so many day ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, day one, I remember, do you want me to tell the full? Yeah. Okay. Right. It's a new audience, so, okay. I remember I was in my microeconomics class, and I don't know what the, I don't know what they were talking about, the professor was talking about, but I remember texting my sister and my four stepsisters, like, yo, we should do a T-shirt brand, and our T-shirts can have different sayings on it, and I'm like, we can do a website, one of y'all can have glasses, the other one can sell shoes. Like, I was just thinking, like, because, like, we were all fly, like, we can have our own business. And we ended up having a fish fry. And we all walked away with $300 each. But no one put the money towards the business. Like, we had a fish fry to raise money so we can start our business. Right. But no one put the money towards the business, including me. And then a year later, I just found myself doing everything that I said I wanted us to do together. I found myself doing it. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to figure out a name for my brand. Mm-hmm. First, it was going to be Rouge D. Milano. Okay. And then, like, I had my shirts with Rouge D. Milano. I was mocking them up on, um, I forget the name of their website, but it was like a Photoshop. And then I ended up switching it at the last minute, right before it went to print, and I changed it to Milano D. Rouge. And I'm so happy. It just sounds so much better. What does it mean? Making dreams reality. Okay. But, so, I, Milano D. Rouge, in college, I created the Alter Ego Milan Rouge. That's when Beyonce had Sasha Fierce. Mm -hmm. The Sasha Fierce era. Mm -hmm. I created the Alter Ego Milan Rouge. And then when it was time to, so like four years later when I created Milano de Rouge, typically designers named the brands after themselves. So I was Googling the Italian interpretation of Milan Rouge and, and it said Milano de Rouge. Mm. And it also said Rouge de Milano. So that's where I, I got it from. But I made it mean. 
making dreams reality. Mm. So the MDR, the backronym. I love that. Yeah. And you didn't start with a whole big clothing line. You Mm-mm. started with that one signature T-shirt? I started with two signature sweatshirts. Okay. I wore one and I sold the other one. And I flipped it and I bought five. Wait, no. Literally like, okay, we're going to print two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear one yep. to market it. And then I'm going to sell the other yep. one. Take that money. And then bought five more. And bought five more. Yep. So the first day I wore it, I was so happy. I remember the guy named, he probably don't even realize it. He from Philly. His name A.O. I just so happened to go to the club. I wasn't going to a party, but I just stopped by with my friend because he owned the club. And I went in there. I had on a sweatshirt and I had on jeans. I literally wasn't dressed. But he was like, yo, that sweatshirt, dope. And that was the first that wasn't the first time I ever wore it. And I'm like, okay. So somebody <laughs> liked my shirt. So I posted it and I put it on Instagram and I'm like, I have a sweatshirt available. Who won it? I just can't remember the the name of my first customer. But they definitely lived at Roosevelt Boulevard. So if you're watching this, hey girl, thank you for your support. Did you tell her at that time that she was your first customer? I I, I that was the first time I posted it. No, I just think I I don't even remember what I posted. I need to go look at their post. It's still on my Instagram. I gotta go find it. Mm-hmm. I think I just posted and said, I got shirts. I got shirts. Who want it? Yeah. So you sell these two instantly. You're like, okay, we're on to something. So you go and take that money and you buy five more. I sold one because I wore one. I sold one. And then I just bought five more. It wasn't me thinking like we're on to something. It was just me thinking like, I don't got nothing to lose. Mm. Were you thinking though at the time that you were intentionally building an empire or were you just trying to like hustle for some extra money? No, I was thinking I'm building a brand. Mm. it wasn't it was never about me hustling for money because all of the money that I was making at that time I would just be putting right back into Milano Mm -hmm. so it was just like I was just building little by little and I remember it came a time so I used to sell my shirts out of my trunk I would drive around Philly delivering shirts out the trunk of my car and I would do that like every day of the week every day of the week and then it got to the point where I'm like okay on Tuesdays and Thursdays is the days that I'm building my brand yeah. I'm not going out selling. I'm building my brand. Mm-hmm. And people will call me, and I'm like, hey, I'll be open tomorrow. And they're like, you can't just give me a shirt? Like, when my money ain't good enough? Or I'll pay you extra. And I was like, of course your money is good enough. Of course I would love your money, but what I'm building is bigger than this right now. And I knew it. I saw the vision. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was the only time I could be on my computer and really think about, like, what's next, you know, and researching and Googling. So my Tuesdays and my Thursdays became my work days. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I would just be delivering shirts whenever somebody hit me up. But I had to set some boundaries so I can grow. Mm. Where did you get business acumen from? I was in college for business entrepreneurship. But where did that come from? So you go from high school, did you just p- blindly pick a major, or did you have some direction? No, what's so crazy is I had ended up finding my fourth grade notebook and it says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had put that I want to own my own magazine and I wanted to own a health clinic, a free health clinic called The Beauty of Knowing. And I'm like, dang, like, so I always had like an ownership mindset. I didn't realize it then, but it just was something that was in me. Yeah, that's crazy because my, my mom has in my baby book, she has, um, in fourth grade, we did these projects mm-hmm. where we had to, like, draw our future selves as adults. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to own a magazine wow. and be a lawyer. Wow. <laughs> That's so, so, like, I feel like a podcast is like having your own magazine. Yeah. I feel like, so, like, you know what my app, what our Milano DeRouge app, mm-hmm. is, like, really 
laid out like a magazine. Like we give advice, we share style ideas, we give relationship mm-hmm. of tips. Like we do everything because that's how I started. Before I started Milano Juvuge, a year before that, I had started a blog. Yeah. And <gasps> Yeah, I had a blog. You did? My blog was called So Juicy Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so ratchet. <laughs> what you were sharing? The juice? What you I was, was giving up? All the juice. So me and my best friend, Bree, um, we started. Not your this- cousin. No, 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 okay, no, not okay. my cousin, my friend. We started this blog called So Juicy Baby. We had no idea what we were doing. We got like this Wix website, something that was easy to edit. And we called ourselves like we were the shade room of that time <laughs> that never blew up to the shade room. But I'm a, I'm a great writer and she's a fantastic writer as well. So we started our little blog and we was following like, um, I think I was responsible for celebrity stuff mm. and she was responsible for like the sex column. Oh, you had a sex column? Yeah, we had a sex mm. column and stuff. I was scared to write in the sex column. Right. So that was like her lane. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a blog too. What was your, you wanted a blog. You have a blog right now on the app. Yeah, the app is like, we call it the dreamers only section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but my blog was com, and I would share love advice, dating advice, relationship advice, and motivational advice. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing we share on our app now. But I yeah. loved it. Like, And the reason why I started that blog was because I was a mediocre hairstylist. And one of my clients, she came to me. She was a faithful client, too. Shout out to Kia because I was mediocre as hell. What kind of hair did you do? I can't even imagine you standing behind a chair, parting somebody's hair, still pressing that thing on out. I can't even imagine. Okay, so I do know how to press hair really good. Mm-hmm. I did burn somebody's curl once. Oh, my God, it was so bad. Like, I was talking to her to distract her. I didn't want her to know that her curl came no. off. <laughs> no, you I put it in my pocket. Off. I was like, oh, my gosh, like. They had me under pressure. My hands were sweating. I never did short hair before. I was like, oh, my God, please hurry up. Get on my chair. Did she ever find out? Oh, my God. I bet she found out and she never told you. Yeah, well, she probably was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I felt so bad. I'm like, my hands were sweating. My hands got so clammy. I'm like, I got to get her out of my chair. But, yeah, I was mediocre hairstylist. But one of my clients, she was moving to um, Las Vegas, and she was like, I'm going to miss this conversation. I'm going to miss these conversations because a lot of the people came to me. Well, I didn't have a lot of clients, but a lot of the people that did come to me, they mm-hmm. came because of the advice I would get. So mm-hmm. I was like the therapist. And she was like, I'm going to miss these conversations. She was like, I wish you could start a blog. And it was 2011 then. I had no idea what a blog was. So I'm like, a blog? So I went home, I Googled it, and that night I created my blog because everything that it said it was, it was everything I wanted. So I literally... I would just spend so much time creating blog posts and doing research. So that way, like, the things that I was sharing was really credible. Like, I would share beauty secrets. And mm-hmm. I just love that portion of it. But, yeah, I was basically, like, their therapist. And the one thing that really, like, you know, working in a hair salon is typically, like, a negative type of energy, especially back then. A whole lot of gossip. A whole lot of gossip. Mm-hmm. But I was so intentional. Like, about my space, I was so intentional where I would not engage in the gossip. It was like, when it was me and my client, it was just me and my client. Yeah. So, like, they can tell me anything, and I would just try to give them, like, positive affirmation, you know, just so that they just feel good when they're in my chair. And it wasn't even like I had the best life at that time. Because mm-hmm. once I left there, once I was off the clock, I probably was fighting. Like, I I was going through some real stuff, but I never brought it to work. Yeah. 
I never bought what I was dealing with to work. And yeah, so that's one of the actually one of the models I have at my headquarters now is like I try to create this environment and this atmosphere where though whatever you are dealing with, once you open go through these doors, mm-hmm. like you're released from there. Like you walking into the dreaming building. So that way all of that pressure that you dealt with, like, you just release. Yeah. And that's because that's what I did when I used to go into the hair salon. Like, shit, I'm a whole different person. Now. Walk in there. Yep. Because I used to just hear the conversations, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, this is draining. I live this life yeah. outside of here. I, this like is draining me too much. Yeah. yeah. Let me just create my own world. Mm-hmm. What, what were you fighting for? Like, what was going on with young Milan at that time that had you in these streets fighting? I was only fighting because people didn't like me because of my boyfriend. Mm. And I say boyfriends because I fought through different stages in my life. Like, because, yeah, it was just crazy. Philly is crazy. I love my city. It's it's crazy. You know, that's crazy, though, because you would say Philly is crazy. However, I grew up with the same issues. Like, it's crazy how people don't like you because of who you're associated with or who you're dating and I can remember like my first real fight, um, like my first like I got to drag somebody fight and mm-hmm. like make a name for myself was when I went to um, high school and I'm the new kid on the block. You know, you come in ninth grade right. and then you got all I was in advanced classes. Mm-hmm. So I have all these senior boys trying to talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time you're a senior, you got your pre-established high school sweetheart. Right, right. And, honey, they were not feeling it. You hear me? They were absolutely not feeling it. And I had a bully. It was so funny. You had a bully? I had a bully. Somebody well, was bullying you? Not for long. But, yeah, I had a bully. I hate bullies. Yeah. I absolutely hate bullies. I had a bully. And years later, we would reconnect on Facebook. And I'm, like, um, taking people through my journey, much like you do. I'm taking people through my journey. I started on Facebook in like 2008 and I'm literally just like, I owned a clothing store Mm -hmm. and I couldn't afford to paint the walls. So I had all these magazines from inspiration, me and my then business partner. And we would tear pictures out of the magazine to put on the wall to like make it the decor. right? Right. Anyway. So over the years I'm going through this process and you can literally see my come up happening in real, in real time. Mm -hmm. And so I get this DM on Facebook. And it's from a young lady, and she says, I just want you to know that I am so inspired by you. I know that we haven't talked since high school or whatever, but you're really doing your thing. And if there's anything I can do to support you, let me know. Picked up my phone like, ain't this that? (laughs) Oh, and the message ended in, do you think we could meet for coffee or something Mm -hmm. like that? And I said, oh, are we still on that? Right. Oh, she's trying to set me up right. because how we grew, how I grew up, it's a setup, right? right? And so I'm looking at the message and I remember having to sit on that message for a couple of days. Like, is she trying to set me up? But I'm looking at her page and everything looks so positive. Right. But if she's trying to set me up, like right. it's, it can go down. Like I'd rather meet you for that than you surprise me. Right. And because our relationship in high school was so bad, I just wasn't sure. Mm. Something told me to say yes. Um, And we ended up meeting at Starbucks. And I reminded her, like, I'm sorry. I'm so confused because you used to antagonize me in high school. She had hardly any remembrance of it. She knew that we didn't get along, but she didn't remember 
how she terrorized me in high school. Like her and her friend, I was scared to go to school some yeah. days. I knew that I was going to have to make an example out of some something, mm-hmm. somebody. Anyway, um, she ended up being my very first assistant. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I ended up hiring her and she was my very first assistant and she was awesome. Um, and she's doing, she's doing very well. She's doing big things today, but it's so incredible how life will change you. I got a question. Have you ever really talked to her about the situation? Because like, she probably don't have no remembrance of it because she may have been getting bullied too. Yeah, no. A lot of bullies be going through a lot of stuff at home. Mm -hmm. So yes, we had a conversation about it. She didn't really remember, but she grew up in a great home. It was just We, you know, I went to school, not necessarily high school in the projects, but it was like I went to school on that middle line where you either had people coming from like the project projects or you had middle class to wealthy families. Mm -hmm. And at that time, unfortunately, it was just cool to be mean. Like when I was growing up, it was cool to be the girl who knew how to fight. And you you took your homegirls, you know, side and all of that stuff. And I believe the beef was really with me and her friend, and she was just showing up, taking her homegirl side or whatever. But, yeah, we're all cool now. That's good. You grow from it. You definitely grow grow from it. it. But, look, if any young girls watching this show right now, or if you got any teenage girls, man, man, man. Just don't. Yeah. Like, literally, everything you do has an impact on the lives of someone else. Mm -hmm. And you see how she was older, but she never forget. How that person made her feel. Never forgot. Sometimes you forget what people did, what they said, but you never forget how they make you feel. Never. You want to make sure you're a person that make people feel good always. Yeah. Even if you don't feel your best. Mm-hmm. We need more good people. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't even matter because I know that uh, we work with a lot of minors. Um, middle school aged, high school aged. And sometimes these kids are just, they feel pressure to be products of their environment. Like there are so many young girls and boys that are growing up right now that feel like they have to be tough. Right. And that's one of the reasons that I work so hard. When I started in this space for entrepreneurship, I only worked with women who were mothers Mm -hmm. because it was so important. It's still so important to me. Like I'm working. So you know that you never have to do this. When I became a mother, I'm like, I'm working so my daughter knows that she never even has to understand what hard decisions are in the way that I had to understand them, right? Like, you don't have to fight for everything. You can just simply work for some stuff. Um, you don't have to be a mean girl. So, like, right. my my brand today and who I am today and the reason that I make friends so well um, is because I despise, like, the mean girl culture, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and I think it has something to do with growing up, like, dealing with issues like fighting and bullies. Right. I remember we were out eating, and I walked past somebody, and I was like, "How your outfit is cute. And I thought she didn't hear me. Yeah. And, you was, and I seen her again, I was like, oh, your outfit is cute. And she said, thank you. And you was like, she's a mean girl. Mm-hmm. She heard you the first time. She did, and it was the driest thank you. Oh, thank you. But what I say? I don't care. I'm still speak to her. <laughs> I'm going to still say your outfit nice. Mm-hmm. I may not speak, but I'm going to still say it's nice. But it don't, like, that mean girl culture don't bother me, Mm-mm. you know, because mm-hmm. it's not my culture. Because you're not one. We are, we are culture shifters. We are culture shifters. We are the example of everything we wanted growing mm-hmm. up. 
and will become the example of everything that we want today. You know what I love about our relationship? It's just so positive. Mm -hmm. Like all we literally talk about is what we want out of life. Mm -hmm. We don't have negative conversations. We for real don't gossip about people. I can't even think, I can't think of like one sad, angry conversation we've ever had. And that is so refreshing. Um, There are moments in your career, if you're an entrepreneur, and I believe like your network is your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. It's so vital to build a good network. And sometimes we have to shake people who are so close to us that bring us back to or tempt us to go back to our own ways. And you have to find people that um, you have to recognize because I don't believe we found each other. I believe that we were put in an environment and we recognized that we could add value to each other. So you have to recognize when people can add value and leverage that like right away, like take advantage of it right away and figure out how to have these new connections that can grow you right. and stretch you. We still got to do our vision board. I know we mm-hmm. did. We did it partially. partially. But yeah, I feel like I'm very big on, like I said earlier, energy mm-hmm. and not like talking about things is so much more important than talking about people. You know, mm-hmm. if we ever talking about people, we're talking about how they inspired us, you know, period. But like nothing negative. I just I just had too many of those conversations where people calling you talking about people and then you just hang up the phone and you just feel drained. It's like, mm-hmm. dang, I didn't know all of that, you know? Like I don't that's not the energy I want. Mm-hmm. And once you start to realize that, it's like if that's the only thing we got in common, is trauma bonds. I no longer want to be attached to that trauma. Like, you know? Say no I don't to wanna, trauma yeah. bonds. I don't want to be attached to that trauma. I remember like when I did used to get in fights and I like you make friends only because y'all two have the same enemy. Yes. And I'm like, well, I didn't make friends because we had the same enemy. I had people trying to make friends with me because we had the same enemy. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. like absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not about to be talking about this enemy with you. Like I'm not, that's, she's not about to be on my mind. Like, so yeah, I'm not big on that at all. I like good energy. Mm-hmm. I like good people. Mm-hmm. Good people need good people. Good people need good people. That's it right there. So you're intentionally on this journey right now to becoming your best self. Yes. What does that look like? Man, I be asking myself this all day because (laughs) one of the things is like being healthier, eating healthier. And I had Doritos on the way here. And I was questioning every thought like, dang, like, what am I doing? It's a journey. Did you eat French fries with dinner last night? Um, I did. Dang, y'all, I did. I was about to say I didn't, but I did. Y'all. I damn sure this did. This woman eats french fries with every single meal. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Not breakfast. Girl, first of all, yes, you do. We <laughs> cannot even go to certain fine dining establishments if they don't. She's going to Google the restaurant and confirm that they have not Papa's Fritas, not <laughs> potato wedges, but good crispy French fries on their menu, or it's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker, certainly. What in the world is this fascination with you? And now you have Zar, like, addicted to French fries. We love fries. You have a baby. It's not my fault. 
It is absolutely your fault. It ain't. Whose fault is it that y'all are addicted to french fries? We are genetically. Hey, hey, are you a service-based entrepreneur that helps your clients or customers get some type of a result, but you're struggling to post and communicate your message on social media? You don't know how to type a caption that connects and gets people's attention and converts them from just someone who's following you on social to becoming your customer or your client? Great news is that's my superpower. So I'm sending you three text messages every single day, excluding major holidays, directly to your phone of exactly what you need to post to get people to buy and convert them into clients and customers. All you have to do is join my program, Post to Paid, and you can do so by texting the words Post to Paid to 404-737-2767. And the best news is just $37 a month. So hurry up, send me the text. I'm looking for it now. Entwine. <laughs> French fries is not a part of the journey of you becoming your best self. I know. Just an FYI. I know. Mm-hmm. I got to stop. What's it going to take? Because you're a change maker. You are a leader. You're a culture shifter. You know what? I'm a Taurus and I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but what is it going to take? You tell you what to do. What's it going to take? Me, tr- I try to tell myself to stop. But mm-hmm. my other self said, eat it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, though. I do want to stop. I don't want to stop completely, but I do want to control it. Like, I just feel like I control so much things. Like, I don't eat beef no more. Mm-hmm. I don't drink soda. Mm-hmm. I do drink ginger ale. That's not soda. It's mm-hmm. black people's medicine. But I was For able sure. to stop things, like, instantly. But it's the French fries. I just love them so much. Mm-hmm. They got a whole And the Doritos. Nah, I stopped Doritos plenty of times. But you ate them today. I know. <laughs> I know. We have our weaknesses. Yeah, I know. But I, I didn't have Doritos since, like, 2020, like, in 2020, when I had my baby, I didn't want him to eat nothing, so I stopped. I I recently just probably had I had Doritos probably like eight times within the last six months, mm-hmm. and that's when I started six months ago. Eight times within the last six months, so oh, you oh. know that that's more than one time a month. Okay, that's a lot. I started six months ago. <laughs> we were in Kentucky, and my sister had a big bag, and I'm like, why would you just put that in front of me? Why would you do this and put this? But you are a professional snacker. I know. No, I was. See, you met me at my best. <laughs> I used to have a bag of snacks, like every no, bag you do. of chips. Not now. If we go on a trip, what's the first thing that happens? Okay, on the trip. But guess what? How many? Chi- Look, what I tell you? I said as long as I have them, it's different. I may not even touch all of them, but me having them next to me mm-hmm. is just a safe space mm-hmm. to have them. If I don't have them and I got to go get them, then I'm going definitely eat them. But if they're right there. You just know that they're there yes, and you're not going to eat them. Yes, That's your way of having discipline. No, it's my way of just, I don't know. It don't even really be discipline. It just be like, I know they're there. They, I know that they're there, so I'm not craving them. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird thing. Mm-mm. Y'all, don't listen to that part. <laughs> don't try this at home. Results may vary. Don't try this part at home. It works for me, though. <laughs> having it. If I don't have it and I got to go Uber Eats and look for, and order it, now, as soon as it comes, sorry, if I don't have it and I got to go to Uber Eats or something to order it, as soon as it comes, I'm to eating kill it. it. Yeah, but if I already had it and I pre-planned it, then I won't Isn't touch it. Isn't that crazy, though, how you can be so disciplined in certain areas? Because when it comes to handling my business, I'm disciplined. There's nothing you can do to make me not handle my business. But I'm literally on this challenge right now, and I had to challenge myself. Oh, you're doing so good. 
I'm doing good. You're doing really good. Yeah, I had to challenge myself. You're making me want to be better, though. Okay. But that's what real friends do. Yes. They help you want to be better. Yes. Like, I got to go to bed from right quick. Okay. That's we're cool. going to pause. <laughs> Y'all can pause it. Is it live? <laughs> can we pause it, Reese? We've never had that before. Okay, go ahead. Oh, y'all never did? No. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's alive. It's not like. If you see any double chin, tell me to turn my face a certain way. Okay, Reese? <laughs> I hope you got that in the episode. <laughs> Get it in the episode. Run it back. You want me to repeat it? <laughs> Make sure if you see any double chin, <laughs> tell me to switch my angle. <laughs> because you are all about the aesthetic. I'm all about, I don't want a double chin. You don't want a double chin. I'm in the gym. For, I want to be in the gym for a reason. You in the gym? I, I have been. <laughs> <laughs> when? Um, I've been there four times this month. <laughs> That's better than January. That is that is better than January. Four times this month, only one bag of Doritos. No, not this month. I said one bag of Doritos. <laughs> this month may be three. I kind of went overboard. I don't know. No, I'm so confused. Oh, my God. Just stop it. Okay, y'all. We are back. We have to take a very, very, very quick break. Um, we've never taken a break before on Full Transparency. I want to get back to... <laughs> Leave it to Milan. Leave it to Milan to need all this uh, breaks and stuff. I want to get back to talking about discipline. Wait, no. Don't say leave it to Milan because they're not about to think I'm a diva, okay? I had to go pee. <laughs> First off, I can't believe y'all be taking y'all be taking our breaks. What we y'all will literally record for like up to two hours. No bathroom breaks. I do be over here having to hold it sometimes. See, I, I know. Like, I said, mm. wait, cut. <laughs> no we had to take a quick bathroom break um for my non-diva just yes. have to use the bathroom have to potty a lot uh milan so i want to talk about discipline because our show um the audience is, they, they're entrepreneurs and i believe that the reason that i just made a post the other day i believe that the reason that most entrepreneurs don't hit their goals is because they're not disciplined enough to do the activity that it takes. A lot of people will argue and say, oh, it's about money and funding. And, and that's true. Like, it looks like it's about money and funding. But I also believe that if we were doing strategic activities, we could find, we could put our hands on the money. And we're just not disciplined enough to do the work, even when it's hard. That said, I am on a journey of proving just how disciplined I am. Of proving just how disciplined you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's really a challenge. Like, I have been telling myself forever that I hate the gym. I hate the gym. I hate working out. And it's the truth. I hate working out. It is so hard. And in order for me to get back to it, I had to challenge myself. I had to create a discipline challenge. I'm going to work out every single day, seven days a week, for 42 days straight. That's six weeks. You've been doing really good. I have been doing so good. Mm hmm I'm so ready to quit. I really am. Like, Even still? Oh, for sure. I feel like after four straight days. <laughs> you want to do it with me? I wanted to. I have a freaking three-year-old. Okay. It's no excuse, guys, because I don't typically make excuses. But when I'm with friends, I feel comfortable to make excuses <laughs> <laughs> because they're going to just catch me in my stuff. Because you So I'm not going to make the excuse. But you, you, know, can, you can build a multi-million dollar empire as a mom. But you can't make it to the gym. I know. That's a, that's that's really an excuse that I just. It's for sure. It's an BS. Excuse. So we should go tomorrow. Okay. 
Yeah, for sure. Yoga plus a workout. What time? Evening. Talk to Aisha. <laughs> Wait, let me tell you what's so funny about that. Can I tell you what's so funny about that? What's so funny? Um, We've had a couple of moments. We have had a couple of moments. Can you come fix me, Reese? We have had a couple of moments where I have had to side eye you for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because <laughs> I say talk to Aisha. Like, who the hell she think I am? <laughs> Yo, I can't. It was like... The first trip we were taking, we just randomly talked about a trip. Like, oh, we should take a trip. I told you about this meditation retreat that I had went on like a while ago. And you were like, I want to do it. So Milan hits me up and she's like, hey, tell me about the resort that you went on. Blah, 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 blah. I want to take this meditation retreat. And I'm like, okay, bet. So I forward her the links. And she says, you should come. And I'm like, when? She's like, this week, next week, whenever it was, it was very quick. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I send you the links. She turns around and says, can you, you mind sending this to Aisha? <laughs> no, it wasn't the links I asked you sent to Aisha. It was the dates. It was something you asked me about the dates. And I said, text Aisha for the dates. Text Aisha for the dates. Now, Aisha is like Milan's right here. brain sometimes. Like she knows her whole everything. She accesses her availability. She knows what she can do. She knows what she's going to say yes to. She knows what you bet not ask her in an interview. Like she knows, she knows. How, and that's such a blessing to find somebody it who is. can think for you like that. Right. But you're talking to me. <laughs> it's, so listen, this is full transparency. And you said you have an entrepreneurial audience. Yes. Y'all have to understand, entrepreneurs have to understand entrepreneurs. And me as an entrepreneur, when I get sent to the assistant, I understand 100% because guess what? You don't know your schedule and you're going to have to reach out. And because I respect it, all right, let me just go right to the person that knows it best. But you know what I do? What? I go to my assistant and say, hey, we're trying to do blah, 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 blah. Like I would never tell you, Contact my assistant. So guess what? That's the beauty in our differences. That's the beauty in our differences. Yo, Aisha, I got to tell you. So we're traveling. I forget where we went the last time. New Orleans. We in New Orleans. My feet on fire. I'm ready to go. Everything is too tight. Like all my clothes too little. Was I? I wasn't. I was a little. I had a little bit to drink mm -hmm. earlier that day. So what, 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 what was we doing? We were. Um, you know I'm saying when you said all your clothes was too little. I had on that body shaper. That costume? Yeah, I was in that costume. Okay. And I had on that shaper. Mm -hmm. That thing was about to Tight. snatch my soul. <laughs> so Milan just moves. Okay. There is no conversation of, hey, we're about to leave. We're about to do this. <laughs> we're about to do that. She's just like, all right, come on, come with me. And so we're walking. And we got security. We're walking behind security, but security could take us. He could be taking us to the bar. He could be taking us to the bathroom. He could be taking us a number of different places. So we end up outside. And Milan turns around. She's like, hey, you called the car? Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> when? <laughs> when? When did I call the car? And I'm like, no, I haven't called the car. And she's like, all right, can you call the car? Meanwhile, 
I'm juggling. I had something in my hand. I cannot remember what it was, but I'm like juggling two phones. Got this going on. I'm going through my text messages because now we're standing outside. The people that we're with, they got their car. So my now, phone was dying. Your phone was dying. That's why so I she's said, like, did you call She's them? like, can you call the car? Can you call the car? And I'm like, yo, I just took my phone out my purse. Can I have a second? <laughs> and she's like, okay. And so I'm looking and it's like 15 seconds later. And she's like, did you get, did you get the driver? Did you get the driver? And I'm like, slow down. Oh my I God. Don't, I don't like to be outside without... I like to be we were to the car. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm like, I don't feel safe. I want to get in the car. But my phone was dying. I thought, see, I had, see, now that I'm looking at it from your perspective, I didn't realize that you didn't know that we were leaving. No, I had no idea. <laughs> so we're outside. We're literally now outside. And so I'm trying to, you know, it's that moment when you need the information the most, you can't find it. So I'm going through my phone. And it turns out that something is wrong with my phone. I'm trying to search the driver's name and blah, blah, blah. And Milan comes over after my 15-second search. Here, just give me the phone. Give me the phone. I got it. Let me just. She got us exposed, bro. You had us exposed in New Orleans of all places. We're just standing outside the club looking. And it turned out our driver was right there. Like literally right in front of us. He was right there the whole time. But that's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic when you are hanging out with all your successful friends. And what I love is like everybody has their assistants and you do this, that, and the other. And I just hadn't gotten used to directing people to my assistant yet. Well, it's not, I don't think it's an issue. I don't think I so. feel like, well, I just, it's just a matter of busyness right mm -hmm. because like we all could be entrepreneurs but some people is not as busy yeah and i have so many people communicating with me on a daily basis yeah so like i got like i'm sure once i leave from here i'm probably gonna have tons of text messages tons so messages. if you want the most of my time then so if i want to go to breakfast with you i gotta hit aisha it depends on what i'm doing because mm. sometimes i know the schedule and sometimes i don't is is milan allowed to go to dinner after this we got to go back to the office. <laughs> we got to go back to the office. But I I have, I'm not even hungry. No, I want some shishito <laughs> peppers. Am, I am hungry. I want some shishito peppers, but we got to go back to the office after this. Because mm. I got another meeting. Another meeting. Your mom, you have a three-year-old son. Yes. It's, <laughs> how do you manage? Because speaking of excuses and speaking of discipline, there are people who are saying, I'm a parent. Some are saying, I'm a single parent. So now is not the best time to start my business. How do you manage your day-to-day -day being extremely busy, also managing your friend, because you you hang out with your friends a good amount of time, right, and being a mom. How are you balancing all of this? I try, to not, to, I try not to use the word balance. I try to mm. harmonize. And I remember doing an interview in 2020, and the girl, she said that. She said she tried to harmonize instead of balance. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the perfect way to describe me. Mm. I just try to let it all flow together. Mm -hmm. Because when you're balancing, like, you never make it work, right? And if you see me, you know, like, everything really flows into one another. Like, yeah. So I just get it done. The most important thing I do is create that to-do list. Mm -hmm. So, like, every night I go to sleep with my to-do list. And I try to say, like, I go to sleep with a goal so I can wake up with a purpose. So I'll list everything that I really need to get done. And then I wake up, and then I figure out how I'm going to accomplish this, like, what I got to do. And sometimes I got to move a little bit things around because I'm a mom, you know. Mm -hmm. But every day I get it done. And my main thing as a mother is 
being present for my kid. Mm-hmm. So even though you are present, sometimes you're not present mm-hmm. as the mom. And I know that how easy that can be, you know, confused yeah. or misconstrued. So, like, I try to at least give him at minimum 15 minutes of uninterrupted time. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes of uninterrupted time where I'm sitting there watching what he want to watch or I'm playing with hot wheels and I'm being controlled by a three-year-old telling me to do X, Y, and Z of uninterrupted time. And the rest of the time I'm still there and he may be telling me to do that, but I may be on my phone while I'm doing it or I may be on a computer while I'm playing with the toys. But the uninterrupted time of 15 minutes, I feel like I really try to make sure I get that done because it's very important to him to see me present, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I can do more. Well, I just try to make sure I give that the minimum because yeah. you see him with me all day long. All the time. And that's why I said being present and present is two different things. Very different. Yeah. It's important, too, to not let that slide over your head if you wherever you're watching this. 15 minutes could sound like so little, but when you are thinking about being with a three-year-old, we're talking about the difference between present and presence. Right. Zara is with you all day. Right. Right. But you're working, you're in meetings, you are like, okay, yep, that looks good. Mm-hmm. You're you're loosely right. there. Like, oh, yeah, 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 that picture looks good. Right. But 15 minutes of uninterrupted watching, what is it today? Gracie's Corner, that's out. We're like watching whatever he watches on TV, listening to whatever he wants to listen to, watch whatever dance routine, drive what, like, because I see you on Instagram, you're in his, like, cars, yeah. <laughs> riding around your house in his car. 15 minutes of uninterrupted time. There's no phone. There's no other conversation. Right. There's no work. That's 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 a lot. Yeah, it's important for me to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's also important for, so your question really was like, what advice would I give a mom that feel like she can't do it because she have kids? Is like, look, the best gift you can give your child is a happy mom, mm-hmm. is a fulfilled mom, a mom that's chasing after her dreams. And they, they need to see that, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if you fail, they need to see you failing. Like, my son, he sees me fail probably five times a day. And mm-hmm. what I want him to get from it is how I bounce back mm-hmm. and how I figure it out. My son is a problem solver already because he sees me solving problems. He sees me putting out fires. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect, but you just need to start. Whatever it is that you truly want to do, you just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. No excuses. Mm-hmm. No excuses. I have a question. Mm-hmm. This is when she's going to side-eye me. So we're both on this journey, becoming our best selves. That also means getting our man. How is doing what you do for a living, like, impacting your dating life? I would say that it's impacting my dating life because I haven't really made time for it. Mm. Like, if I pro- if I wasn't doing this, I'm sure I probably be, would be married with, like, seven kids by now. Mm-hmm. Because I would have much more time to really focus on it. So that's the that's the only reason why it's impacting my day in life. I haven't really had time to even see who I want. So when are you going to make time? I need to make time. I actually just need. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make. And you know what? As a matter of fact, no, I need to make time. I need to make time. But that's why I think. That's why I wanted to just get a matchmaker. Because I don't. I don't know how much I don't got time for going on all of these dates and trying to figure out if somebody is the one. You don't think dating is fun? I don't know. Yeah. I I never really dated much, you know? Like I never really like did the dating scene. I've did it a few times and I'd rather hang out with my girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. I li- I like going on dates, but I am super shy. Are you? On a on a date? 
Oh my god! Until I'm comfortable with you, like I am super shy. I can go. Show me shy, Donnie. What 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 is shy, Donnie? You like have on to date? see me on a date. Nah, give me something. Like <laughs> what makes you shy on a date? What you I nervous? Could, I could go in a convention center and speak in front of a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Like people always ask, "Do you get nervous?" And I'm like, eh, a little bit, but you know, you just shake it off. The thought of going on a first date makes me nauseous what makes you like what is it because it's like the getting to know you answering the questions like you know you're you're yourself but you're still like how much do I say how much do I not say what do I give right here what do I give right here do I look okay like is there something in my teeth it's just always see I'd be done ask that question you're gonna be like is something in my teeth yep (laughs) <laughs> absolutely absolutely because if you ain't gonna tell me i'm gonna ask mm-hmm. and I, i'm like yeah i'm definitely going to ask. i am so shy and one on like in first time settings with men and i mean all first time settings that is men. crazy i would have mm-hmm. never guessed mm-hmm. i asked the most questions oh i'm gonna talk mm-hmm. i'm going to ask questions i'm gonna answer your questions and you will think i have it all together but I am so like on the wow, inside, I'm is, like sweating. I'm I would have like, never knew I that. I wanted to hurry up and be over. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have never knew that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you gotta you gotta give more attention because you be on Instagram talking about you know like this is my season. We just practicing for our husbands, but we gotta actually hire the matchmaker. I don't know that I'm gonna hire the matchmaker. I like the dating sites. No, I, I'm not doing no dating site. Mm-mm. And I don't, I want, I really don't want to go through a matchmaker, but it will be best because I just, my time is limited right now. Mm-hmm. So me having to go and meet somebody and go on a date and then have to do that a lot of times to find that person, Hopefully I'm like, I, I got to do this. I got to repeat this how many times? Uh-huh. Then I'll be like, you can't go for me. But e- <laughs> not can you go for me? But even going through a matchmaker, um, so I spoke to a matchmaker. At least they know what you're looking for. Kinda. No, they should. If they're bringing me somebody back and they're not, they're nothing that I'm looking for. Then no, we're not going on a date. Yeah. When you're going on a date, you don't even know if this person is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I just you got to learn that right there. You have to learn that on the spot. I kind of feel like I get it. I get the whole matchmaking thing. I've done a call with like two agencies, I think, so far. Um, I kind of like the last one that we talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them a so little bit. So are you going to pay for it? That's the thing for me. It's the cutting the check for the matchmaker for me because I'm conflicted. They do. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's giving I shouldn't I don't know I feel it, like I'm paying for the first date or something I don't know no nah, I'm definitely not paying for the first date I feel like it's giving it's giving job application it's giving it's, job I'm filling out what I want and let's see who they can find I get so I like get so it. the reason why I don't mind it because I never met anyone in person and mm-hmm. I started to like any of my exes I never met them in person we just became a couple Everyone was like referred to me. Like mm-hmm. somebody knew someone. I, no one ever just like walked up to me and like, "Yo, hey, can Same. I get your number?" Mm-hmm. So like, I never experienced it. That where I gave, where I actually gave my number. I got some people that I can introduce you to. I don't know. I don't know. I know yes. I know everybody. <laughs> that you. Oh, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I know some people. Can I set you up on a blind date? 
No. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so, no, not a blind date. If I let you set me up on a blind date, can I set you up on a blind date? Not a blind date. Okay, what about this? What I would have to know. Well, as long as security there. Yeah, okay, we can have security. That's very intimidating for a first date. They don't got to know. Security can be. Security can be somewhere, right? Okay, what if, what if, do you mean going by yourself on a blind date, security has to be there? Because I was going to say, what if you bring somebody, I bring somebody, and it's like a blind date, but it's a blind double date. Child, a blind double date with Donnie? (laughs) I think it would be a whole lot of fun. I don't know. You don't think so? Security got to be in the corner. Security will be. What's going to happen? But as long as you know the person. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I've never dated. Like, I can't think of a single stranger that I've ended up in a relationship with. When I think about, like, my long-term relationships, they've always been, like, a friend of a friend. Always. And that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. The whole, like, matchmaker thing kind of scares me a little bit just because it's so intentional i want to be intentional i want to be intentional but that's very intense it's like we're both here we both did this paperwork we both signed up for this service and you better want me like it just is that not what y'all do on the dating sites we're both here we both want this person and we're swipe we both swipe to get it right Mm -mm. no the dating so first of all dating sites for me are like people watching i just be liking the swipe yeah. And I'm too scared to say something. Like, I'm on the one site, Bumble, where... So do you, you want me to go on a dating site and, like, look at your profile and find you somebody from your profile? You don't ever be suggesting attractive men for me. I've actually suggested a few attractive men to you. I can't think of one. I can't remember. You want me to pull out the text? Because <laughs> I can't... You don't ever suggest I I, I suggest men. it. I don't have a lot of the guys at this age, they are in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I can't suggest everybody. But the one person <laughs> I did suggest you, you was like, he is fine. I said that? Yes. I don't have any memory of that whatsoever. I'll show you the text when we depart. Okay. Do like this. What's his name? You didn't, I didn't give you the name. Oh. I, you asked me something and and you said, oh, no. That's it. So you heard on full transparency, I am setting up Milan on a double date so or on a blind date. You heard wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to be intentional. You're That's s- not being intentional. Yes, it is. You and set me up on a blind date. Absolutely. The matchmaking service does the same thing. I don't even think we get to see each other's picture beforehand. You do. No, they just tell you like, He'll be wearing a red shirt sitting at the bar. That's how that one worked. That no, the last one. No, no. Promise. No, not for me. <laughs> no, she said they're gonna send you everything about the person, including the picture. They just don't send out your photo. Because the people they connect you with are not a part of their service. They can they going out to look for people. Like they're they're going out to actually go look and recruit people. That's what they do. Oh, so it's a chance that I paid and he didn't? <laughs> no ma'am that just that just ruined it for me you gotta know somebody i need I, i'm gonna be intentional about going through my catalog of who i know and you be intentional about going through your catalog we hold we hold each other accountable and you hold everybody in your life accountable to their goals to getting things done and i'm holding you accountable to this too i don't need to be held accountable for real i'm already intentional i know I do, mm-hmm. but 
Y'all see, this is what this is why y'all gotta ask those questions ahead of time because I had no idea I was about to be in a hot seat for dating. So <laughs> no, dating that's questions. It. That's it. That's it. We can leave it there. I'm glad that you agreed in front of all the people who are gonna watch this that I can set you up on a blind date. And that's that's that. So we leave it on the table. The next time we ever have a conversation, it's gonna be like, Where's my invitation? <laughs> to the what? To the wet. I, if I set you up Where, with him. Where's my ring? Where's my ring, baby? Yeah, this is it. I am. This is this is the time. And I believe that. I think that everything is happening in life right now. And it's just lining up at the perfect time. Yeah, I think so, too. Do you think so? I do. Do you really think so? That's why I don't think I need to go on a blind date. Because I feel like. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like he's just going to line up. <laughs> it, it it's not it, matchmaking is just lining up. I I feel like matchmaking. First of all, if I got matched with somebody who was found and they didn't invest in the service, he's gonna have to refund me my bread. I feel like he will. He gonna have to give me my money back. I think he will because I can't feel like you know what I mean. I'm not doing a match. I, I just I, I think don't. you overthinking it. Am I? Yeah. Or I don't care what nobody thinks. It's not even about what anybody thinks. It's about what I think. What do you think about like, a matchmaker? What do you think about a matchmaker service that's different from dating service? The dating app and the matchmaker app, I feel like they're the same because thing. Because we're both I just ain't got invested. time to No, they're investing in swiping like they swipe on Instagram and they swiping and swiping and swiping and going on dates, 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 dates. Like a social media. I don't want to talk about dating anymore. Okay. <laughs> so I have some questions for you. Okay, I'm listening. Anyway, to my entrepreneurs, make sure y'all get those questions ahead of time before you be in the hot seat like no. me. Because I had no idea I was about to be talking about my we dating life. We always talk about dating. And so that's you know why I feel so this. raw right now talking about it. I feel like that's it. I forget the camera was here. You forget the camera was here because it's comfortable on the sofa on full transparency. Yeah, this, this, this sofa is very comfortable. It's very, very comfortable. Let's, let's talk about you and the decisions that you have to make every single day. Non-dating decisions. As a CEO, what's some of the toughest decisions you've had to make recently? Some of the toughest decisions I had to make recently. <sighs> mm. Yeah, I feel like I'm making tough decisions all day. Mom. All day. Like, literally, like, I'm... And the crazy thing is, the decisions I make is tied to the future mm. of my team life, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's tied to... Had to so much. So, like, the pressure be on me. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to make the best decision. I got to stay up, even if I'm tired. Like, last night I was – the night before I only got two hours of sleep. And last night I was super tired. I really wanted to go home and go to sleep from work. But I stayed at working because it's like I got to work. If I don't work, my team don't eat. Mm. And my assistant texts like, you didn't go to sleep yet? And I'm like – now I'm about to go to sleep shortly. I texted back in like an hour. She's like, you still up? Go to sleep. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. It's just like I'm making decisions every day. Mm -hmm. And I got to make the best decisions. So it's not really just about me, you know. Mm -hmm. I got to make the best decisions for my son because I got to make sure, like, I have to create. Like, it's all on me yeah. for, you know. Or like, the responsibility is on me. I got to work hard, you know. I got to be successful. Mm -hmm. I have no choice mm -hmm. but to be successful. But, yeah, I'm making hard decisions every day. I can't think of one off the top. If you remember one, if you remember any that we talk about. No, just, it's just the everyday building a business. It feels like it's it's always something. 
And this is not like, this isn't complaining. It's like the reality of what actually happens. Even decisions like, well, you hire this person. Like, do I want to take the chance on this person? This person looks so good on paper. This person sounds so good in the interview. But like, what is my gut telling me? Like, Mm -hmm. because I got to make the conscious decision to bring certain people into my team, you Mm -hmm. know? And I told my team, like, I don't want to ever bring them the wrong hire again. Mm. Because the wrong people can really affect the productivity mm. by 30%. You sound like you have a measurement. <laughs> nah, I, 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 I just, I saw that data, okay. but I, I really believe it too. Yeah. Like the wrong person next to you, mm-hmm. if they're not doing much, mm-hmm. it's going to not, like you're not going to be motivated to do much either. But if you're next to an overachiever, it's going to motivate you to want more. It's going to motivate you to see, do more. It's going to motivate you to want to see more too. And I was just talking to my aunt about that yesterday because she was like, nah, she said, I feel like I always did my work, like regardless of if the people next to me did it or not. I said, yeah, but you probably did just enough Mm. because once you see more, you want to do more. I said, just look at this example, right? If your neighbor get a new car, you want a new car because your neighbor got a new car. If your neighbor just got a pool in her backyard, now you're looking up the price of pools Mm -hmm. because you want that. When you see somebody overachieving, Naturally, you want that. You want to overachieve because it's motivation. Once you're around motivation, it's inspiring you to be motivated, you know? Yeah. If you're around people that's not doing much and they don't care about their job, it's going to be like, all right, well, she getting away with it. I'm just going to do my job and I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go above and beyond, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very important to bring on the right people on your team. And the energy. Negative energy energy can be transferred. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. creating a team culture. But I think that that negative energy comes from the tolerance of the culture that the CEO is building mm-hmm. or the founder is building. Mm-hmm. You may not be the CEO of your company, but that's why it's so important to have a pulse, like to be active in your own company because so many people scale so quickly that they remove themselves from the day to day before the culture is really established right. inside the, inside the building. And I've been at your corporate office. You guys operate like a family. Like everybody reports to everybody. You have your routine meetings. You're really operating at a high level. And I would love for you to give like a little bit of insight of what that looks like. So you have meeting after meeting after meeting. Talk to us about some of these meetings. What kind of meetings are you finding yourself in day in and day out? Um, On a regular basis, we have a lot of internal meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, I did. We did just switch my schedule. Whereas though, like I try to do heavy meeting days so that every day is not filled with meetings because it got to the point where I was just meeting all day, every day. And I would be up in the middle of the night doing my work because that was the only time I was able to get it done because I was in heavy meetings all day. Mm -hmm. So now my heavy meeting days are pretty much like Monday and Wednesday Mm -hmm. and Tuesday. We move some stuff around for you, sweetie. I appreciate (laughs) it. But yeah, but my meetings look like, so I am the CEO and founder of Milano Divulge. It's a lifestyle clothing brand. And because of my industry, I'm pretty much in meetings with the design team. I'm in meetings with the COO and the CAO. Mm-hmm. I have meetings with our marketing team. Mm-hmm. I have meetings. Who else I'm meeting with? Um, yeah, our financial team. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting with the executive team. We have coaches meetings. So, like, all of our managers – we have weekly meetings with all of the managers, and we like to call them coaches. Okay. But, yeah, I'm pretty much – and then those are just, like, 
internal meetings. Mm-hmm. We have production meetings. I have so many meetings, but then I meet in with external people, mm-hmm. like building relationships, contractors, vendors. Yeah, yeah I'm, it's gotten much better because as we grow our team, a lot of our team members are handling a lot of the meetings, but it's certain meetings that they need my eyes on. They'll need me on to make help make a decision that only I can make at the time, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Do you believe entrepreneurs uh, are born or can they be developed? I think both. Some mm-hmm. people are born with it, and, and definitely anybody can be developed to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you got to want it. Yeah. A lot of people, like, you truly have to want it. A lot of people say that they would like to be an entrepreneur, but that's like a lot of people saying that they want to be a singer or a basketball player, too. It's like. Like, you got to really dedicate yourself to doing it. Because sometimes, yeah. and then sometimes it's something that you want until you get into it, and then you see that it's harder than you thought, you know? Or you see that, hmm, it's not really for me. Because sometimes you got to try it to really know that it's not for you. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like anybody can do it. Yeah. You just have to have the willpower to do want you think it. what you're doing is hard, building Milano D. Rouge? I think it's hard, for sure. But I do think anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. But what's different about you? You have... Uh, I know you don't like to talk numbers, but you have a really largely valued company, highly valued company. Um, and there are so many people who have tried their hand at starting their own clothing lines, boutiques, like even I did, and wasn't even a fraction of the level of success in that particular business that you are right now. What's unique about Milano D. Rouge and why you have like this cult-like following? You know what's so crazy? So one thing, one thing that's unique about Milano de Rouge is me, like my following, not, not, and I'm not saying cocky at all, like not because it's me, but I'm saying it's like, it's me, me and the brand is like, I gave it everything that I love to do. Everything I love to wear, I make everything that I like, that I enjoy, I put it into my business. I'm not separating these things. Mm-hmm. It's Fully, like, I'm fully vulnerable if I want to share something on social media. It's just me being me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people dig that. People understand it. Mm-hmm. Like, at a time when everybody wanted to appear so perfect, I was showing that you can be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was literally showing, like, me outside. Of, I didn't want everything to just look so beautiful and glamorous because when I got into this business, that's what I assumed. And then once I really saw the real, I'm like, this is what people really need to see. Because then it can help them decipher whether they want to do it or not. Mm-hmm. So I was just showing, like, the whole process. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't afraid to show the not-so-glamorous stuff. Yeah. And I think that's the difference because people really was able to see themselves in me. Mm. And I put everything I love into the brand. So it's not just clothing, right? So when I have a fashion show, I love entertainment, right? I, I love poetry. I have a poet there that's doing a really dope poem to inspire people. I would have dancers there. I love dancing. I, I was just doing things that weren't normal, that weren't typical. Everything that I genuinely love, I tied it into Milano de Rouge so it doesn't feel like work. And people can relate to Milano in some way or another because some element of it, Hey, hey, CEO Donnie Wiggins here, and I am so excited to announce 
my new mentorship group is dropping. You may have already heard about it, but I wanted to, I wanted you to hear it from the horse's mouth directly from me. My new mentorship group, Actionable CEO, for entrepreneurs who are interested in professional growth, personal growth, and financial growth. You want to learn from me. Y'all have been asking for this for the last three years, and I have finally brought Actionable CEO back to serve you every single week, direct mentorship for me. You will also hear from other people who are in my community that I believe will be greatly impactful to you. You're going to get behind the scenes. We're going to be spending some time together live. This is not pre-recorded. This is live mentorship. So if you are an entrepreneur and you want to be connected, feel connected, you want to elevate your brand, you want to elevate your life, you want to elevate your level of success, Actionable CEO is for you. ActionableCEO.com. See you there. It can like really resonate with anybody, right? But the other thing is God. Mm. Lemire called me one day and he was asking me like, yo, what did you do? Like, what was it? What was it? He was just, he kept drilling me. And as, as, as I was answering everything that he was asking, he was like, no, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. No, it couldn't have been that. Because he started giving other analogies so that we can figure it out. He's like, nah, that same person did that for that person too. And that same, like, you know, it wasn't that, it wasn't. And then I'm like, well, look, God. <laughs> he said, bro, that's what it is. It's God. I'm like, yep, it's God for sure. Mm-hmm. That's my only thing that I can really say because, yeah, God definitely blessed me. He blessed me with this vision. He blessed me with this brand. And I don't take it lightly. Mm-mm. I don't take it lightly. What's the vision for Milano D. Rouge? You're already huge. You are a household brand. I remember when I first came across the brand, um, I think I saw something on Instagram. and uh, Was I'm it like, my Instagram or somebody else's? It was probably somebody else's mm-hmm. because I wasn't familiar with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a story for another day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I came across these bomb jeans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn. It was another influencer. And I'm like, I got to know where you got these jeans from because mm-hmm. – she shaped similar to me, mm-hmm. but the body was bodying <laughs> in these jeans. And um, I asked her where she got her jeans from. And she's like, Milano D. Rouge. And she's like, influencer, influencer. So she assumed I knew what Milano mm-hmm. D. Rouge was. I, I didn't know. And so I Google it and I come across the site and I'm like, okay, I'm going to order one pair of jeans. Let me just see if I get my product on right. time and let me make sure it fits. And, you know. And so I get the package super fast. Mm -hmm. I ordered one pair of jeans and I put on these jeans. Let me first, first of all, let me just tell you when I wore these (laughs) jeans, okay, for the first time, the boys were calling me thick. (laughs) Who? Who? Me? Me? I'm thick. Oh, let me order more of these, okay? I, the, the boys are calling me thick. At that time, I was in a relationship and, it was just, wear those jeans. Those jeans that you got, wear those jeans. So I had to order more of those jeans. Mm-hmm. And when I went <laughs> back to order more of the jeans, that's when I realized you had men's clothes too. Mm-hmm. So I was like buying stuff for all the men, you know, like friends and whoever that I would buy things for. And I'm looking at the men's clothes and how they fit. And I'm like, this is really good stuff. But at the time, all I saw was T-shirts and jeans. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I got everything. Like, I got the jeans. I got the T-shirts. I didn't order multiple pair of jeans at this point. I was like, man, she has really good quality. Why doesn't she do more? And then you just started coming out with everything. It's like 
piece after piece <laughs> after piece after piece. You want this color? We got this color. You want that? Oh, you need this color too? And it's like so many things. And um, we were doing an event in L.A. to speak to some high school age students. Mm-hmm. And David set this event up and he's like, you're going to interview Milano. And I'm like, who? And he's like, Milano, Milano D. Rouge. You wear her clothes all the time. And I was like, oh, my God. That was the first time I connected a person. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked you up. Like, I went and, like, looked up your Instagram. And I was like, okay, she cute. <laughs> and I'm like, she's cute. And um, that was that was our first time meeting because I don't do a whole lot of, at that time, if I'm being totally honest, I was really into uh, what people call high-end labels. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm into all the, like, I wasn't buying nothing that wasn't Fendi and Gucci and all of this stuff. So when I ordered the jeans, I don't go look for what Mr. Gucci looks like. Right, right, right. I wasn't looking for what Miss or Mr. Milano D. Rouge looked like. So I look at your Instagram, and I'm like, okay, all right, she cool. And we ended up meeting and hitting it off. But I swear from that point, it just felt like you've been releasing piece after piece after piece after piece. Like exponential growth right. is mind blowing. Thank you. I mean, Thank it's you. really mind blowing. Thank you. It's it's also scary. Like you have you have to have a certain level of confidence in your abilities, in your brand, in your customers to be like, order it all. We're gonna take all of that and I know I'm gonna sell this. How do you approach that? So I mean, it wasn't, we, we've, we've been building up for over 11 years. Mm-hmm. So we've had multiple different styles and different designs. But, yeah, I really make what I like. Like, stuff that I genuinely like, stuff that I would genuinely wear, we make it. Because I know if I like it, people like the way I dress, people like my style. Definitely. Then a lot of other people will like it. But now, since I'm getting a little older, I got to start making things that other people like, too. Because I'm like, no more crop tops, no more this. All of our clothes are too tight. Like, after I had my baby, I started to reevaluate everything. Like, what the heck? Why was I only making crop tops? We don't got no full-length shirts. Wait, because your brand is part of my fitness journey. Like, it's the motivation behind it. Because I'm like... Yo, if you're going to wear these clothes, you got to be fine. Like, you got to come in here popping out. Um, and, and it and it really is. First of all, we're both wearing Milano D. Rouge today. Wait, but no, you literally can wear Milano D. Rouge throughout your entire journey. Your entire I wore journey. it throughout my entire pregnancy. Even when I was losing weight after my pregnancy and I didn't feel the most confident, mm-hmm. Milano D. Rouge was the perfect gear for me. And mm-hmm. I'm not just saying it because I created it. Mm-hmm. But I was very intentional because I was going through different things that I wanted different areas to be concealed. That's yeah. why our jeans is the high waist jeans. That's why they adjust for your waist because it's the different things that I know that a woman's mm-hmm. body really needs. I started to be more conscious of the body yeah. after I hit my son. And you can go to the website and see there's all that's another thing that I love that your brand does. It's not the typical or only the supermodel aesthetic. It's everyday women and everyday men and even everyday kids who are getting their life wearing your clothes. And if you go to the site, MilanoDRouge.com, we'll put it in the caption too. But if you go to the site, you will be, you'll see like literally these are clothes made for everyday people. Yep. Literally. Inclusive, not exclusive. 
inclusive, not exclusive. We got a lot to work on this year. What are, if you had to prioritize three things that areas that you need to improve on just as a woman, it can be as an entrepreneur, as a mom, just whatever. What are three things that you need to be intentional about working on this year? Great question. Three things I want to be intentional about working on this year. It would be my fitness journey for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like always. You're already fine. No, I want to always be fine though. But you are always like, fine. I want to like, like all the time. All the time. Yes. From every angle. <laughs> From every angle. <laughs> yes. But I, and when I say fine, I'm more so just like, I want to. I don't want to complain about where I am mm-hmm. because I want to always be working on something, you mm-hmm. know? And I just want to, like, I want to get more into my fitness journey. Like, I want to enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. My sister loves working out. If she don't work out, if she's going to be upset with you. If she can't, if I make her miss the gym, mm-hmm. she's upset with me. She loves what she do, and I want to love it too. So mm-hmm. definitely my fitness journey. I do want to be more intentional about – um my relationships, mm-hmm. you know, finding a good loving man. You that. caught me off guard with the whole relationship question. So I was, I was answering them like a little funny, but I do want to be intentional about finding a really great loving man. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm at this stage where it's not only dating for me, it's for my son. So I got to be very intentional. Yeah. So definitely got to get a good, good, great man of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being the best leader I can be mm-hmm. like, I read a lot of books mm-hmm. and just working on myself so that way I can create more leaders mm-hmm. and I won't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading Good to Great. Good to Great. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Yep. You are always reading something. You're always like at a conference. You're always learning. You know, another thing that I absolutely, that inspires me about you It doesn't matter who in the room is talking. If there is somebody in that room that's putting out information that you didn't know or things that you need to be reminded of, you're like this. You're just. (laughs) And the first time I saw it, like the first time I saw it, we're at a conference and someone's talking to you and you're literally like this the whole time. And I was like, is she being rude? Is she like, is she just going to be in this man's face? Just, you know, like he's talking. But you were taking notes the entire, like every single word. And you do these things consistently. What are some habits that you have that you're super consistent at that you believe contributes greatly to your success? Definitely taking notes. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm always listening. And I'm always willing to take advice. And Mm -hmm. I'm willing to take advice from anybody. And I'm willing to learn from anyone. I'm inspired by so many different people's journey. Like, no matter if they're more successful than me or, like, regardless of the situation, like, I'm going to learn from anyone. I can literally pull up to someone and they could just be on the corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm, hey, what happened? Like, I want to hear your story. Like, when someone walk up to me and they ask me for money and I'm giving them money, I want to know your story. Like, because I want to learn from you, you know? I can. I feel like we can learn from anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that for granted because I see when people don't do it and I see when people think that they can only learn from people that's more successful than them. I see how their mind, I see how they operate. And me working as a home health aide, I remember I used to give so much telling like the managers like, hey, I think we should do this. And it was always dismissed as if like my opinions wasn't valid because they, they were the manager and I was just a home health aide. 
And it told me early on that I want to learn from everybody because everybody got something to say or they can contribute something that I did not know previously, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like me being open to learn has contributed a lot to my success. Mm-hmm. Like anybody can tell me anything. Yeah. Um, Taking notes, reading books. Mm-hmm. I always used to be buying books because before Milano de Rouge, I did used to love to read. But once I had Milano, anytime I would open a book and I'm like, I might as well do work. I might as well read this email. I might as well read this email instead of reading this book. And it wasn't until last January I made the conscious decision, like, yo, I have to read books. Mm. Because the information that we need is in these books. These people already been through what we've been through. Mm-hmm. They wrote it about it. Like, mm-hmm. we can find so many different answers in these books. And this is what a lot of people are just missing. Like, we're watching success stories on Instagram and we're looking at YouTube, which is a good thing too, but some of this information is right in these books, you know? And if you don't enjoy reading, get audible. Mm -hmm. I be driving and listening to books sometimes. The ones that I really find, like, it's oh, it's hard to read. Mm -hmm. I'm just driving and listening to it. Yeah. So it's different things you can do, which the information is there. Walking the walk. Mm -hmm. Walk the walk. And And then another thing I'm doing is being more intentional about utilizing my resources and I'm not the best at that because like people would be like yo you have so many contacts in your phone just text this person and they can help you resolve this issue and it's not about money or anything they just seem like this person just already went through it Mm -hmm. you they were like you don't think that they would just love to help you and give you the advice and I don't know it's something about me that I just don't like asking for help Mm -hmm. I don't you notice that do you think that it's holding you back I don't, I could be. And it's not that I don't like accent. It's like, I don't like wasting people's time, right? I feel like if I can research it, and if I can Google it, then it's like, why am I asking you if I could just Google it? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a waste of time, right? But it's certain situations now that as I'm growing and I'm scaling, it's like, all right, I can't just Google it. It's too complex. I need somebody right. that been through it to tell me this. To give so, you understanding. Yeah, so I'm getting better at that. I'm getting better at reaching out to like, but I still won't waste nobody's time. If I could Google it, I'm not asking. If I can't, it's like, all right, hey, I know you've been through this issue. How do I get through this, you know? Yeah. Um, but and just, like, connecting with other CEOs because yeah. they know things and we can speak on different levels where, though, you understand exactly what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we've been there. Mm-hmm. So it's, I was, like, really intentional about really building, like, my relationships with other founders and other business owners. Mm-hmm. I have two more questions. What's the best piece of advice you've been given that, you've actually applied Mm, dang you just put me on the spot with that question I can't remember always been given such good advice yeah I feel like I get so much good advice all the time that's why I'll be taking the notes what's the latest like anything you may not remember the best but what's some advice that's like driving you right now um damn somebody just told me something the other day oh oh what's what would you say the best piece of advice I've been given that you know of, <laughs> that you could think of, that I that I'll be referencing. Slow to hire, quick to fire. Slow to hire, quick to fire. Listen, hiring is guessing, and firing is knowing. Hiring is guessing, firing is knowing. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Okay, I like that. Now I'm gonna ask you another question. This is gonna be the last question, so you got to make it good. Okay. What do you want? First of all. okay what do you want at the end of the day what do you want your life and your journey and everything that you've been through to stand for 
that's a great question. I just want my life and my journey and my testimony, I just wanted to inspire someone else. I want, and more importantly, I always say, like, I always think about the young girl in the hood mm-hmm. because I feel like we need to see more people that look like us. They came from where we come from. Do it. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. And once you see it, you know it's possible. So I just want my life to be inspiring for someone mm-hmm. else. I want them to look at me and be like, yo, she come from the hood just like me, you know? Like her father was incarcerated all her life just like me. She grew up in a single-parent household just like me. If she did it, what's stopping me? She dropped out of college just like me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's not something I brag about, about dropping out of college. Even though I am successful, I still don't brag about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be like, I need to go back and finish. But Will you? Yeah, I do want to. Okay. I literally do. How much How much time do you have left? I have six classes left. That's it? I was going to say let's do it together, but I got a whole lot more than six classes. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I've been out of college so long, all my credits are probably expired. I'd have to start over. Man, you know what I did? I ain't even going to tell you what I did. What'd you do? The craziest thing. The first time I ever, no, I ain't even going to say it. You're not going to say it? No. Okay, when you going to go back to school? I don't know. But I you got, are. I probably want Zara to go to school. We I was going to say, that would be so cute. For me and Zara to go to school yeah, together. y'all go to school together. <laughs> That's going to be in so many years. Yeah, well, yeah, don't wait, actually, thinking about it, because you would probably have to start over by then. Do you really have to start over? Yeah, your credits only last for so long. I mean, well, shit, you ain't going to like, I've been out of school since 2013. 2014. I've been out of school since 1999. Do you remember? Really? I'm 10 years older than you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? Really? I am 10 years older than you. I dropped out of school, um, which was not my intention, but I did drop out of school in 1999. What school, though? North Carolina A&T. College? College. Yep, I dropped out of college in 1999. I don't think them credits expire. I'm for sure. Let me Google it. I'm pretty sure college credits expire. Let's see. Do. Hold on. While you do that, I want to ask you a question. Okay. What impact? I know it's your one year anniversary. What impact are you looking to make? With your podcast? Okay. Oh, as a general rule, college credits do not expire. Exactly. Once you've taken a college course. About, those imagine, are yours forever. Listen, what? I was going to say, give me my money back then. If it's right, right, I want my money back. I want my money back. Okay. I was gonna say let's go to college together, but I'm I'm gonna quit. I'm not gonna do that. Six classes is gonna be a breeze. I have way more than six classes. And not even that I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna drag my feet. The way that you drag your feet on your French fries and Doritos in the gym, I would drag my feet on college because my major was chemical engineering. I would have to like completely shift gears. See, my major was business entrepreneurship. Yeah, my the, minor was business. The crazy thing is the classes that I have to take are like the classes that I despise. I took them all. All of the hard classes, I took them last. The classes that I really wasn't interested in, calculus, statistics, accounting. Let me think about it before I commit. Those are the three classes I got to take, calculus one and calculus two. If we go back to school, we're going on campus or online? Well, it, well, it depends if my king come. <laughs> <laughs> Relieve some of this duty. <laughs> it depends. King, put me back in school. <laughs> Free up some time so I can go to school. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Impact. 12 months into full transparency. 
Um, for the podcast specifically, like everything that I have done has been to be the evidence of hope. Like I really am the voice of hope. Um, my life has evolved in a way where statistically this isn't supposed to be my life, mm -hmm. right? Everything that I have gone through and experienced says that I should be doing something completely different. And statistics would have it that based on how I grew up and what I've experienced and the fact that I'm a single mom, I should be somewhere struggling on some kind of aid. And I was at one point. Your girl had them food stamps, all right? Um, but even when I had them, it was a last resort. Like I never, there are people who live their life to qualify for that type of aid. Like, oh, I don't want to make too much because then I can't get my food stamps. I don't want to do this because I can't get this assistance. Even when I was going through that phase of life, I always wanted to get out of that phase as quickly as possible. Like, I'm going to need it, but I only need it for this amount of time, right? And so I really believe that my life is a symbol of hope for so many people. Like, you can do it. I don't, you know, you may not know this, but I went through a fa a stage in life where I would literally, like, the utilities were off in my house. I had to go to the gym because it was free if I lived in that in that zip code. I could mm -hmm. go to the gym and I'd get gallons of water and I have to fill the water tanks up or the water bottles up just to pour in the back of my toilet to flush my toilet. Oh, wow. Right. Um, playing hide and seek in the dark with my daughter, making her think it was a game. But really, the lights were out mm -hmm. um, and playing it so that she wouldn't when her dad picked her up, she wouldn't tell her dad right. that we didn't have utilities right. because I was too proud. Like you talk about not wanting to ask for help. I was really too proud to ask for help at times. And just the way that I have crawled. One second, though. <laughs> Remember that. I'm not too proud to ask for help in that sense. Mm, I was too proud. It was more so like, I don't want to waste somebody's resource, right? Yeah. But in the sense of me needing something, I'm going to ask. And I urge anybody that's watching this podcast to, to ask. ask. Only because when you ask, you're going to find out one or two things. Whether the person that you're asking is really there for you or they're not. Yeah. And sometimes you may just have it in your head that they're not going to do it, but yeah. you don't know until you ask. And you may just feel this way. Yeah. But if you don't ask, you won't know. But once you know and they don't do it and you really need it, mm -hmm. like you really, really need it, and you not you haven't burned the bridge or nothing, mm -hmm. and they don't do it, then you know how to treat that person going forward. You know? I was prideful. At that time, I was extremely prideful. I couldn't ask for help, but not just because of ego. I couldn't be that kind of burden to somebody else. Like my pride was attached to not having the desire to be a burden right. to somebody else because the people that I would have gone to to ask, they didn't have it either. Right. It would have been like right. a major sacrifice right. for them to give it to me. So for me, it was like, it has to, has to, has to be a need. And even through all that loss, I still didn't see it as a dire need. It's a need, right. but I knew that we were going to get out. And, um, when I was going through all of that, I always knew that I would be something greater. I always knew that God had a bigger plan for me and it's just panned out. I've always been committed to the idea that God has something else for me. I've always also believed so wholeheartedly that he wouldn't bring us to it just to stay here. Right. Like there has to be something on the other side of this mountain that we have to climb over. And every single day I live my life 
putting it all on the table. Like just the little things that I do, like you talk about your, your, your line is about your company, not just your line, because there's so much more to it than that. But your company, your brand is about the things that Milan enjoys doing, what I want to wear, what I like to smell, what I, what I use, you know, you've got all the things. And my life is really that like someone asked me today, I made a post about how to identify the best business coach for you. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, do you ever think that showing the other sides of you interferes with that? And I said, Oh no, 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 no. That's in fact, exactly how I built my brand. Mm -hmm. I want you to see that you can be a respected woman in business, but you can still be soft and fun. Right. You can be firm, but you can still be fragile and it's okay. I want you to see that you can be vulnerable and you'll still get respect. I want you to see that laughter is the, the, the true aspiration. Joy is the true desire. Right. I want you to see me going through these phases where I'm trying new things. I'm at dance classes. I'm at, I'm going to dance classes. I am at the gym. I'm with my friends. We're traveling the world. I'm trying all these things because if I don't, and there's no other example that comes across your TV or your phone or your platform, any kind of, then who is there to show you the evidence of what's available? Right. That's what this is for me. And 12 months is a really big deal because I did not want to start this podcast. Like David nudged me and nudged me. He's like, your voice is so powerful. People need to hear it. And 12 months means like consistency. 12 months means me believing in something that I did not understand at first. I didn't know how it would be different. I didn't know how I was going to find the time to do another thing. 12 months means me just taking, borrowing somebody else's belief and just going out there and doing it. Like, I don't want to do this. I know I have a voice, not sure how the pieces are going to fit, but I'm going to do it. Anyway, I'm going to do it scared. I'm going to do it tired. I'm going to do it busy. I'm going to do it ugly. I'm going to do it afraid. It's done. We're 12 months in, and we're not stopping. Yeah, I love that. Congratulations. Ooh! What do you feel like was your favorite? What was your favorite episode? Oh, my favorite episode. Um, My favorite episode. My favorite episode to date has been with Wallow. Oh, Wallow? Yeah. yeah. My favorite episode to date has been with Wallow. There's a couple that's been really, really great episodes. But the reason that that episode was so uh, is one of my favorites is because it was different Mm -hmm. from all the other episodes. Wallow really came and sat on this couch and he stood on who he is Mm -hmm. like he held nothing back. There was nothing um, there, there was nothing off the table we left like he he had done a previous episode of the Social Proof podcast mm-hmm. and he talked about this is how you treat women and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just sitting here with them joking on our episode. And he's like, oh, let's go. <laughs> and we went on the Target shopping <laughs> Wait, spree. And when I tell you I've never had someone um, and Wallow and I are completely platonic before you guys start in the comments. But it was so much fun, but exhausting. That man wore me out. <laughs> I was ready to stop shopping seven minutes in. I mean, it's Target. It's it's too much. I'm ready to stop shopping seven minutes in. He's like, nope, you're going to fill up these baskets, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And I've, I just never – he's so much fun. He's bubbly, and he's so inspirational. Mm-hmm. His episode was for sure um, one of my favorites, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And of course, Finesse. Uh, Finesse was one of my favorites just because of who he is. Um, if I got to think about some favorite episodes, just because of who Finesse is and any opportunity I get to joke with people and um, I'm, I'm looking, there's one other episode. I got to see what the name of it was. Um, anytime I get the opportunity to joke with people and pull out the real, you know how it is when people put on this persona that they want everybody else to think. And so anytime I get the opportunity to sit down with a peer and show people the real right. version of them, like what you don't get to, people think finesse is like, this playboy and all this stuff. And he is, he is all those things, but he's also a really soft. Um, he's also a really soft, fun, big hearted guy. I think, yeah, I think your episode was really good. Yeah. It was really good. Even the advice and the insight you shared. Mm-hmm. I know it helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my last favorite wasn't too long ago. It's um, this gentleman, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Cremay or crummy. Um, this episode was really fun. He is a mindset development expert specifically for men. But this episode was powerful because not many people sit on this sofa and take me to another place mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. And he had me reflect like on some childhood memories mm-hmm. that I use like he had me thinking about my great aunt Betty and just going to these good places and he gave me a different perspective on loss mm-hmm. and how to shift it into the thought process of you never really lose anything. Just what it meant to possess that thing has transitioned into something different. And oh, I need that episode. I need to share that with my my stepmom and sisters. Mm. But my stepsister. Because she would love, they would probably love to hear that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you know, just remember. Like, in that, I literally sat here and... Remember the way she smelled and remember the way she talked and all the things. And he really helped me to see um, loss a whole lot differently. Yeah, that's good. I got to check that out. Make sure you yeah, send I'm going to send it to you right after this episode. That's all I have. This has been amazing. Wait, I do want to say something because as you was talking about the, um, what you was talking about, the access, what y'all call it, welfare? You was talking about access yeah. card? Um, you said, you food said stamps. welfare? Food stamps. That's what you talking about. Food stamps. When you was talking about food stamps, I was like, I remember I used to want, I can't wait to get food stamps. Really? I wanted them so bad because people that had them had crabs. And I'm like, I love crabs. Nah. I can't wait to get some crabs. <laughs> Not I wanted the food stamps <laughs> so I could get some crabs. But then I, the other day I was just driving and I was listening to Beanie Single and an Eve song. It's called Remember Those Days. Did mm-hmm. y'all, y'all knew that song? Mm-mm. We from Philly. It was like a big deal. Mm-mm. But it would be like, remember the days? But in his rap, he was like, I'm going to change I'm gonna change the excess card. So in Philly, the food stamps card was the excess card. Was it called that? In EBT. Okay, he was like, I'm gonna change the excess card into a platinum express card. And when I was listening to it, I'm like, damn, I remember it. We were in the car with my mom. I was sitting in the back. My sister was in the front. And when that part came on, I snatched the card out my I snatched the card out my mom's hand, and I'm like, I'm gonna change this excess card to a platinum express card. And like, and you I did really that. did it. Yeah, you did I was driving that. Yeah, man, really did that. Yes. You know what? You just made me remember something. When I got my first EBT card, that was the moment for me that shifted my whole perspective on dealing with losing everything in life. So I was the one in the friend group, like she's supposed to be successful. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm, 
I'm very outgoing, even though I'm shy in certain situations, I'm very outgoing. I've always been super ambitious. And it's like, oh, she's supposed to have it. She's supposed. And so I lose everything. Right. And I think even in high school, I might have been voted like most likely to succeed or something like Mm -hmm. that. I lose everything. I was voted best dress. Were you? Did I get best dress? I don't think I got best dress. You would have remembered. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's been so long, darling. You haven't been graduated as long as I. Um, I didn't get that. I, I won a lot of stuff though, right? I'm not so anyway. Most likely to succeed is way better than best dress. Well, it was a it was a number of things. No, in high school you wanted to be best dressed. You didn't want to be most likely to succeed. At this age, I want to be most likely to succeed. Now, yeah. None of it means anything right, actually right. now. Right. But so anyway. I'm that girl. I lose everything and I have to go into the whatever the office is. I don't I hate calling it the welfare office, but I don't know another term. So I have to go into the welfare welfare office to get these food stamps. And um, I'm in there. You wait hours to get these dang on food stamps. And so my name finally gets called. And my old co-captain, I used to be the captain of the cheerleading squad. I was a co-captain with someone else. My old co-captain, cheerleading squad partner, is who gets my case. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. She works at the EB, the food stamp office. And she married, like, that guy. Mm-hmm. He got all the money. They're living the life. They, she got the BMW. She's da-da-da-da. So I'm just, like, big rock on her finger. I'm feeling so judged mm-hmm. in this moment, Right. And we're going through the application and you actually at that time, I don't know what it's like now, but at that time you actually had to go through an interview. You had to fill out your income, where you're getting money from, who you provide for. And they literally go through every single question to verify that your answers out of your mouth are going to match what's on the paper. And I'm just sitting there like feeling so humiliated. And I remember saying in this moment, I like, I wonder if she's going to go gossip about me and start talking about me and all these things and telling people these stories. And it was that day that I said, you know what? You're going to beat everybody to telling your story because you're smart. And a terrible thing just happened. But you're not going to stay in this situation. And I literally remember sitting when I was waiting for her to come back with the card because they gave you the temporary card in real time. And I just told her everything that happened, like, this is what happened, but girl, I'm about to come back. I'm only going to need this food stamp card one time. I'm only going to need it one time. I ended up needing it a couple more times than the one, Mm -hmm. but I was so serious. And I remember going on Facebook at that time and I just shared my story. Mm -hmm. Y'all look, what you are about to see, what, what you are about to see is the biggest comeback you've ever seen in your life like you shared it while you was going through it I shared it while I was going through it a lot of times people share it afterwards nope it was important for me to share it while I was going through it because I did not want anybody to beat me to my own testimony I didn't want the rumors flying around because I just know the way at that time that I received things like dealing I didn't grow up in poverty so dealing with this was a new experience for me and it's hard on like your confidence it's hard on what you think about yourself, your self-identity. And I just said, look, y'all about to see the biggest come up ever. I started writing down the names of the people that I admire. And there was nobody that I had great admiration for that did not have a story mm-hmm. of hardship at some time. And so I said, okay, well, this is this is what the greats do. Right. So I literally put it out there on Facebook. I'm like, y'all are about to see 
the biggest comeback you've ever seen, like that you have access to. And from that day forward, it's been about proving that to be true. And I have literally manifested everything, you know, year after year after year after year. Not to say that there weren't some setbacks because there, there surely were some setbacks, but that food stamp card, I did not stay on it long. I don't even know how long I stayed on it, but it wasn't long. Um, but it was definitely the pivotal moment for me. And it, and it had to happen because if that didn't happen, it could be that I would still be living in this facade of what was really happening. And it was my transparency before anything else that has helped to generate the success that I have today. I love that. And I hope that the audience take away from that is owning who you are. Mm. at every stage mm -hmm. because once you own it and once you accept your flaws no one can use them against you mm -hmm. and really just not caring about what people think because to be honest people that are truly successful they will never talk about you mm. when you're dim they won't only person that will talk about which when you only people that will talk about you when you're down or try to kick you when you're down is someone who is down too yeah and that's how you got to understand hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Because a successful person going to look at it, they're going to either want to help you or they're going to sympathize with you because they understand that they were right there with you, you know? Yeah. They were in that position before. Yeah. So use everything to try and make yourself better. Yeah. Utilize it. It's, it's just a test for your testimony. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get through it is to go through it. Mm -hmm. Own your story, own your flaws. And once you own them, no one can use it against you. Nobody can use it against you. That is a whole fact. I got to thank you for being my one year episode guest. I wish I was better. I wish I was. I feel like I wish I was. I wish we had. I wanted to give some strategy and some tips. But I guess it will be another one. We'll do. We'll have to do another okay, one. Okay, cool. Yeah. So full transparency is very different. It's the entrepreneur. Like people want to know who you are. The person behind. They want to know right? who you are. Um, we'll definitely have an opportunity and we'll do a whole lot more. Like this isn't the guests that I have on this show. Um, it, you're not just a one time hitter quitter, right? I mean, I am a hitter quitter. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I be hitting and I be quitting. No, she don't. She is not. No, but I want to thank you for being my one year, um, guest, my one year episode guest. But I also want to thank you for being a great friend. You came around at a time in my life where I was coming on the other side of yet another hardship, another tribulation, right, that you have to go through. And when you, you know, people always commenting. I get the comment a lot. Okay, Donnie started hanging out with Milan, and now you Stella got her groove back. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard, Reese? <laughs> Reese. <laughs> That's not necessary. That's not necessary. Um, and, and, it, and it's a thing because people will, people remember what you show them most. And there was a period where I kind of disappeared away from the internet. I wasn't posting. I just didn't feel like doing all the things that I used to do. And um, definitely you came at a time where I needed to be pulled out of that cycle that I was going through and I'm, I feel like I'm back. Like I'm back to who Donnie was like pre that girl who was there 2018 and before 
I'm back to her. Is that? And I needed to get back to pre-relationship her. Pre-relationship down there. <laughs> oh, now you playing? No, I'm just saying because nah. I feel oh, she like. Pull, she pulling yeah. a me on me? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because that's the one thing that a lot of people, like you getting out of a relationship and finding who you are again is a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. And having friends that can help you pull you out of it, especially one that didn't know that you what you were going through. Yeah. It definitely does help. Yeah. It for sure helps. Um, yeah, I mean, so I won't even say it's the getting out of a relationship, but your relationships, platonic or romantic, but it's whatever relationships you keep super close to you can change you, right? You start to develop into what you need to be, who you think you need to be in order for these relationships to be successful. And sometimes that's a great thing. Sometimes it's not so great of a thing. Um, But when you are out of those relationships, when you, it's like, even when you lose a good girlfriend for whatever reason, right? It's like, man, if that person was who you spent so much time with, it's like, damn, what do I do by myself now? Like, how do I just go back to it just being me? And you have to go through the cycle where you're finding and discovering yourself again. And that definitely happened. And it happens to women a lot in relationships. I didn't necessarily like lose friendships and not really that, but I grew into a different person. And I'm grateful for that time period because uh, who I grew into during that time has a lot to do with who I am today. But I think I forgot during the growth or I neglected, I didn't forget, I neglected the parts of me that make me so relatable and so fun and so this, that, and the other. And I needed to get back to the fun. Like during that time, I was in a very serious stage of my life. I had never been so serious before. And I had to remember who the fun, spontaneous, just excited about life person is and what that looks like. And now I'm taking dance classes from Beyonce's dance captain and stuff like out here and looking for one. You got to do one with me. It was the time I gotta of do it. my life. Yeah, you did so good. I yeah. got to do it yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only is this Milano D. Rouge on my one year. First of all, Janika. Um, first Harris. of all, <laughs> first of all, edit that out. <laughs> no way. Everybody. Yes. Kn- are yes, you serious? Yes. No. Run it back. Yes. This is first of all, Mm-mm. Milano is my 12 month guest. She is, you're not the first friend that I've had here, but you go down in history as my one year celebration. Yes. And as the longest conversation I have ever had on full transparency. Of course it is. Because we can talk. (laughs) The longest conversation that I have ever had on this platform. And it's been amazing. Can you close us out with some words of inspiration? Again, this is entrepreneurs. This is a mixed group. And these are people who are looking to find something in these powerhouses that they see online every single day that they can relate to. Okay, I will close y'all out with never lose yourself in love. Never lose yourself in motherhood. Never lose yourself in friendships. Never lose yourself in work. I feel like always bring yourself to these situations. Bring 100% of you. They either going to love you or they're not. And if they don't love you, they those are not your people. Mm. Just be authentically you. Show up and show off. Because once you lose yourself, it's hard to find yourself again. So try not 
to lose yourself. Try not to lose yourself in the first place. <sighs> I love that so much. You guys, thank you for being here for a full year of full transparency. I will see you in next week's episode. We out.